Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show. Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and broadcasting live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. It's our Premier League preview show because, thank God, with the international break behind us, we're now ready for a full slate of Premier League matches. Our uh, The greatest soap opera on earth starts up again, and we have some really big matchups to talk about. I'm your host, Nick Geber. Find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Great to be with you. Uh, I've been waiting for this. The interminable uh, Euro qualifiers are now over. I mean, really, this Euro qualifying thing just seems to go on and on and on. And even though the qualification is set, we still don't know exactly what the groups are going to look like because, well... They've got four or five different pathways to qualify with the Nations League and then the third best qualifier on the fifth day on a full moon when it's windy and rainy and and the wolves are howling. I mean, there's so many permutations to Euro qualifying. Tell you what we're going to do. When we come back after break, we're going to look at a few of the permutations for the Euros because the way they're currently outlined, we can get a really good idea of the seeding situation. And there were some big surprises in the seeding situation. So we're going to talk about that. But then we're going to put that behind us. We're going to move right on with our Premier League preview. Some huge matches to talk about. Some really big matches, including, of course, uh, the special ones first match in charge at Tottenham. They'll be visiting the London Stadium to play West Ham United in a London derby. Uh, And the big match of the weekend is going to be at the Etihad, where Chelsea will be traveling to Manchester to play Manchester City. Uh, Of course, Chelsea right now above Man City in the table, which I think is a really big surprise to everybody. Uh, And I think maybe Man City's form this season has been a surprise to everybody as well. Those are the topics on the table today. That's what we're going to talk about. Love to hear from you. Twitter is absolutely the best way, at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. What a pleasure and a privilege it is to speak to you as we do each and every weeknight, 9 p.m. Pacific, 6 Eastern, Monday through Friday, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. We're also broadcasting on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and the award-winning Sirius XM app. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Hope you will stay with us. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need All right, welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer. Look, before we get on to the Premier League for the weekend, and thank God it is back, I'm going to try to bring some clarification to the uh, Euro qualifiers, which are now done. At least the qualification groups are done. There's still um, a number of different permutations. There's still four places that need to be won. Uh, 16 teams are going to enter the playoffs uh, that's going to be in March, and they're going to fight for those four places. But because of the way the Euros work with multiple 
host nations and each of those host nations automatically qualify we can actually look and get a really good idea of how all the euro groups are looking and i hope i'm making sense by the way welcome back to the show i'm your host nick Eber. great to be with you we're going to get down and dirty with this uh hopefully spend not more than this segment on it because i really want to get onto the premier league uh but let me try to clarify uh what we've got here okay so there are 20 automatic qualifiers for the euros qualified already for the finals austria belgium croatia the czech republic denmark england finland greece germany italy the netherlands portugal poland russia spain sweden switzerland turkey ukraine and the biggest well not surprise but kind of the one that we were waiting for uh wales there are four places still to be decided as i mentioned uh 16 teams are going to enter the playoffs in march and uh, we'll then know how those four places are going uh, to work. Um, because of the way this tournament is structured, and I'm trying to put this in an easier way uh, to understand, because it isn't just one host country for Euro 2020. There are actually 12 host nations and they're going to be drawn into groups in accordance with the city pairings, if that makes sense to you. Because, um, you know, it's all over Europe. So host nations are automatically drawn. And only of the host nations, only Azerbaijan have actually failed to qualify. So let, let me put it to you this way. We've got groups A through F. Now, this is for the actual Euro finals, the big tournament that we're all looking forward to next summer. Group A, we know, must contain Italy and Azerbaijan. Group B must contain Russia and Denmark. Group C must contain the Netherlands and Romania. D must contain both England and Scotland. E must contain Spain and the Republic of Ireland. And Group F, Germany and Hungary. So uh, I, I know this is con confusing, uh, but because certain teams have to be placed into their group, uh, there are what they call prohibitive clashes. So for example, political reasons, certain countries can't be drawn together, obviously, because they don't want you know, a massive riot. And that makes sense, right? So four seeds are hosts and have their groups predetermined. So there are two options for Ukraine, for example. Ukraine cannot play Russia. And if you've been following this nonsense going on uh, in Congress right now, and I don't mean that as a political statement. It's not nonsense. It's a very serious and onerous uh, political process going on right now. But, you know, it, it is... A massive brouhaha. Uh, you got a good idea of the war going on right now between Ukraine and Russia. So obviously they cannot play each other. So you, Ukraine have to go into a different group. In this case, it's the Dutch group. And that then means that Belgium has to be drawn into Russia's group. So because of these types of possibilities, we can actually get a really, really good idea of how these groups are going to look. So I'm going to tell you, Group A, we know 100% Italy is in Group A. But then it could be France, Poland, Switzerland, or Croatia. A and Portugal, Turkey, Austria, Sweden, or the Czech Republic, and Wales or Finland. So you could have Italy, France, Portugal, and Wales in a group, which would be a, a great group. Group B, we know for sure pretty much all the teams. It's going to be Belgium, Russia, Denmark, and Wales or Finland. So Finland and Wales will be either in Group A or Group B. I know this doesn't make much sense, but this is how it works. Group C, we know for sure the Ukraine and the Netherlands are in Group C. And then it's going to be 
either Portugal, Turkey, Austria, Sweden, or the Czech Republic. And then the winners of the playoff path, A, C, or D. You remember we said there were four teams that were going to play for a playoff spot. Um, That gives us a possibility, for example, of having the Netherlands and Portugal in a group, which would be a, a really exciting group. But one would imagine that those two, regardless of whether Ukraine or a, a playoff winner from the playoffs comes, comes in. One would imagine, for example, that the Netherlands and Portugal, for example, would go through in that group. Group D, we have England. And this, this is potentially a cracking group right here. Because Group D, we have England, definitely the top seed. They're going to be in Group D. But also in their group could be France, Poland, Switzerland, or Croatia. Or Portugal, Turkey, Austria, Sweden, or the Czech Republic. So we could have a group here with England, France, and Portugal, and then the winners of one of the playoffs, the Patsy, let's just say, they're not going to go through. That could be a group of death too. Group E could also be a group of death. We could potentially have Spain, France, and Portugal in that group. And group F, we know for sure, is Germany. And again, we could have Germany, France, Portugal, Germany, Poland, Austria, Germany, Croatia, the Czech Republic. So it, it is confusing, I know. We have the potential the potential to get some really, really interesting draws here. Uh, Highly charged draws with um, some really big rivalries in them. And that would be exciting. That's why we really would watch the Euros, um, particularly in the group stages. I mean, one of the problems is that there is these, these four leagues from the uh, Nations League uh, teams that can play, and that would be, uh, they're in the playoffs for four spots. So Iceland versus Hungary will play Romania. Bulgaria will play Israel or Hungary. Bosnia, Northern Ireland, Slovakia, Republic of Ireland. All these teams could make it in. I mean, not all of them, but four of these teams are going to make it in. Iceland, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, Israel. Bosnia, Herzegovina, Northern Ireland, Slovakia, Republic of Ireland, Scotland, Norway, Serbia, Georgia, Belarus, North Macedonia, and Kosovo. So, uh, look, the playoff teams, uh, they are unlikely to really advance, to be honest, beyond the group stages. So they're kind of the lowest seeds going into the into the draw. So... Uh, the playoffs are going to be, and by the way, um, by the way, uh, uh, people have asked me what the prohibitive clashes are for political reasons, and I'll, and I'll give them to you. Of course, you may not be shocked to learn that they are all uh, Eastern European teams. So, for example, Bosnia Herzegovina cannot play Kosovo. Okay, I think you know why. Okay, uh, Russia cannot play Kosovo. Serbia cannot play Kosovo, and you, the Ukraine cannot play Russia. So, Kosovo, unfortunately are limited from playing Bosnia, Russia, and Serbia, and then Ukraine and Russia cannot play each other. I mean, this is really uh, one of the problems you have with such a large group and so many uh, prohibitive, prohibited uh, clashes. Uh, the Euro 2020 games are going to be played in Rome at the Stadio Olympic- Olimpico. They're going to be played in Russia, in Denmark, in Holland, in Romania, there's going to be a bunch of groups played in Scotland at Hampton Park, at Wembley Stadium in London, at, uh, at Bilbao in Spain, uh, at uh, the Aviva Stadium in Dublin in, in, in Republic of Ireland, uh, at the Alliance Arena in Germany, in Munich, and Pushkush Stadium in Hungary. Uh, the final itself is actually going to be held at Wembley, 
uh, both the semifinals and the finals itself, and it should be really exciting stuff. Well, I know I've absolutely confused the heck out of you, but since we had to suffer through all these weeks of Euro qualifying, I thought I would at least lay out the confusion for you right now uh, so that um, you can spend until March when the playoffs come and we finally get these groups sorted uh, trying to figure out just how this thing works. Look, if you're confused, send me a tweet at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'll do my best to explain it to you, but it is so convoluted, so crazy, makes no sense at all. Again, I wish they would just go to one summer where they do all the qualifying and get it over with. All right, we're back to the Premier League after the break. We, You are listening to Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. I'll be right back. The problem I have when I go to the gym is I just never really know you know what to wear because my stuff's really old and disgusting. I want to tell you about a new thing I found. It's really cool. It's this uh, clothing called Viori, V-U-O-R-I. It's a new perspective on performance apparel. It's perfect if you're sick and tired of traditional old workout gear. Everything's designed to work out in, but it doesn't really look or feel like it. It's really comfortable. I recommend this stuff highly. It's also, by the way, perfect for travel. You know, nowadays everyone basically likes to travel in thongs. This is not a thong. This is great-looking workout stuff, really, really comfortable. Uh, they got super. They got really cool shorts and sweatpants, great stuff. Viore is an investment in your happiness, and they are offering 20% off both to Sports Byline listeners, and if you're listening on the podcast, to Believe podcast listeners when you go to vioreclothing.com and enter the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over 75 bucks plus free returns. Go to Viori, V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com, and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. All right, Premier League's back. I know everyone's uh, very excited about that. I'm certainly very excited about it. Uh, it's enough, uh, you know, enough of this uh, uh, Euro qualifiers. Uh, all it did was spend weeks and weeks uh, interrupting us from our beloved leagues and uh, left us in a incredible state of confusion or a ball of confusion. Maybe we should have played that one. But look, the Premier League is back. Uh, some big matches this weekend. I, for one... I'm absolutely excited beyond belief for this because uh, I'm I'm just going to lay it out there, okay? If at the beginning of the season you had told me that Liverpool would be unbeaten 12 games in, and by the way, 50 games unbeaten in the Premier League over two seasons, that is an absolutely, uh, pardon me, uh, 50 games with one loss, not unbeaten. They lost one game to Man City last year. But if you told me they would be Un, uh, one loss in 50 games coming into this season, not losing a game. I probably wouldn't have believed you. And if I told you that Leicester City would be second in the league with an 11-point goal differential between them and the third-place team, which is Chelsea, you wouldn't have believed me. If I told you Man City were going to be fourth in the league 12 games in, and already have had three losses and a draw, you wouldn't have believed me. Particularly if I told you one of those losses was at the Etihad and it was a 2-0 loss to Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
if when the season started I told you that Sheffield United would be in the fifth spot, you wouldn't have believed me. Arsenal the sixth, United seventh. And if we go down to the bottom end of the table, Norwich dead last, one win on the season. Southampton, two wins on the season. Watford, one win on the season. From Watford, they finished so strong last season. It's ridiculous where they are now. But I suppose the biggest shocker of all is when you look at the 14th spot on the table, just six points clear of the relegation zone, is Tottenham Hotspur. And of course, the big news this week was the departure of Mauricio Pochettino, who was fired by Daniel Levy. And within, well, less than 24 hours, the special one, Jose Mourinho takes the helm at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The amount of storylines that we have had in the Premier League just 12 games in tells you or should tell you the reason why I say the Premier League is the greatest soap opera on the planet. You can pick just about any one of these teams, just about any one of these teams, and they all have a story. For example, Norwich, dead bottom. Well, Delia Smith and Norwich made a decision that they were not going to go and sign a whole bunch of players when they came up from the championship. Remember, they ruled the championship last season. And that has certainly backfired on them. They've conceded 28 goals on the season in 12 games. That was clearly a bad decision if you want to stay in the Premier League. It may not have been a bad decision if you want to run and own a financially sound club with the understanding that you very well may go back down to the championship, but at least your club's not going to be up to its eyeballs in debt. I believe that's what happened at Norwich. Hey, you know, we had a great run in the championship. We ruled the roost in the championship last year. We've got a good team. Let's take what we got and let's see, let's see if we can compete. Well, they can't. Southampton have always been a bit shaky. But, you know, Ralph Hassenhutl is a manager with a lot of expectations on his shoulders. And for Southampton to be 19th, just terrible. They've got a huge match this weekend on Saturday at the Emirates against Arsenal. And I have to think if they lose this match, Ralph Hassenhutl will be the next manager to get the sack. If we look at Watford in 18th position, I mean, they were at times wonderful last season. And they are just absolutely crapping the bed this season in 18th spot in the relegation zone with only eight points. Then you have Aston Villa. They spent more than any other club in the offseason as they came up from the championship and they bought all these players. There's been absolutely no chemistry with this team. This is a team where the individual parts are worth much more than the sum, which is not what you want for a team, right? West Ham United, Manuel Pellegrini. He's the, I mean, Pellegrini is in the elite of world managers. This club has good, a good squad, a lot of money behind it, and they're currently struggling. 13 points on the season. They have a huge game, a huge game coming up this weekend at the London Stadium against Tottenham. Jose Mourinho, we're going to talk about that match. Everton, they are right down there with Spurs. 
I mean, look, these storylines are unbelievable. Newcastle United spent most of the first part of this season wallowing in the relegation zone. Of course, Steve Bruce uh, replaced Rafa Benitez. You know, there was all that situation going on with Mike Ashley and was Rafa Benitez going to stay? Was he going to sign a new contract? Uh, They couldn't come to terms. And then they get Steve Bruce. And it started off rocky, but he seems to have stabilized this club. They're now, what, six or seven points away from the drop zone. I mean, these stories just are unbelievable. Arsenal and Unai Emery, he is another manager on the hot seat. I mean, Arsenal are absolute rubbish. The fact that they're in sixth place right now is a function of some, I mean, a 1-0 victory at home to Bournemouth. I mean, this is how, this is how close this is. They beat Aston Villa by one goal, 3-2. to two. Aston Villa. They beat Burnley by one goal early in the season. And they beat Newcastle, first game of the season, by one goal. Look, Arsenal are not fooling anybody. They are eking these results out, but it's not like they're eking results out and they're all the way at the top of the table. They are in sixth place. They are very, very fragile. This match against Southampton, for me, is a match of the survival of two managers. I would say if Southampton, because Southampton playing Arsenal, as I mentioned, at the Emirates, if Arsenal lose, I suspect Unai Emery will be shown the door. And that begs a much bigger question about who will replace him. We're going to talk about that, and you know who I'm thinking right now, and I know it's going to seem like it could never happen because Tottenham and Arsenal are the biggest rivals, some of the big, that's about the, one of the biggest rivalries on the planet. Would a to- former Tottenham manager go to Arsenal? Let's talk about it. And then, of course, we've got a couple of really other really interesting matches. Leicester City are going to Brighton to play Brighton-Hove-Albion. Now, actually, the pundits think Leicester could lose this game. I am not convinced... This Leicester team is on fire. They've won four in a row. Their last loss, well, it was to Liverpool. And as you'll hear me say time and time again, uh, in 50 games, just about every team has lost to Liverpool. There's only one team that has beaten Liverpool in 50 games. So the fact that Leicester lost doesn't really, isn't really an indictment of Leicester. They're currently in second place. And look, my friend John Barr here in Las Vegas, if you're in the Las Vegas area, you know, you see all the Findlay Toyota ads. Well, we've had John Barr on the show. He's a general manager. He's an Englishman. He's a good friend of mine. And he placed a bet before the season started that Leicester City were going to finish in the top four and go to the Champions League next year. And remember, Leicester City were the 5,000 to 1 dogs that won the league. And by the way, you know which team they just pipped to the league title? Yes, right. It was Tottenham. Under Mauricio Pochettino, the almost coulda, woulda, shoulda manager. Liverpool will be facing Crystal Palace. They'll be going to London. I think it's a potentially, potentially it's, it's, it's a banana skin. Uh, there's some questions. We know Andy Robertson's not playing. Uh, we know Mohamed Salah is very unlikely to play. But I still think that Liverpool can get it done without those players. I mean, you know, they have a deep squad. And they breathe, live and breathe success at this point. They have a mission in their life to win the title. And finally, 
I'm setting this up for the actual discussion of the games, by the way, uh, in the next segment. The biggest match of the weekend um, is at the Etihad, where Manchester City will host Chelsea for what is definitely going to be a match that should be worthy of your time to watch. All right, I'm going to get into these matches in detail. Let's look, take a look at some of the odds, by the way, too, if you want to place a bet or two on this. I think this is a great opportunity. I love this Man City-Chelsea game, particularly with the odds shifting the way they are. Look, when we come back, let's get into it in detail. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'm going to take a break and be right back with all these games after these messages. All right, welcome back to Street Soccer. Nick Eber with you. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. By the way, if you've missed any of this show and you want to catch it all, a great place to do it is at the home of the Fifth Street Soccer podcast, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. Go to B-L-E-A-V-podcast.com. Uh, you can find this show, all of our other shows on there. It's up pretty much within, I don't know, a couple of minutes at the end of the show for you. So if you missed any of my waxing poetic or my incredible insights into the game, that's a joke, by the way. Uh, this is your opportunity to do that right after the show. But I did promise that we'd get into each and every Premier League match this weekend. Let's do it. Let's start, shall we, with a much-anticipated clash at the London Stadium. It is West Ham against Tottenham. This is Manuel Pellegrini against the newly crowned manager of Tottenham, Jose Mourinho. Uh, what's interesting about this match is how the odds were stacked on this match prior to the prior to Pochettino's sacking. Uh, West Ham were the underdog at plus 250. Uh, Spurs were the favorite, the visiting team, though, plus 105. I mean, that's not a lot in between them, and the draw was plus 250. Once Pochettino was sacked, the odds wildly shifted. Tottenham went, went from a plus 105 favorite to a minus 130 favorite. And West Ham went from plus 250 underdog to a plus 336 underdog. And actually, the draw tightened a bit from plus 260. Uh, pardon me, increased. Um, I'm reading this wrong. From plus 260 to plus 326. And it was... Uh, plus 319 a little earlier. So the value on that draw is increasing. Uh, look, this is Jose Mourinho's first match in charge. So people might be saying, well, okay, what is his track record as the manager in charge for his first games? Well, it's 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. So he out of the seven games that he's, seven, quote, first games that he's had, he's only lost one. Tottenham, as I mentioned earlier, they've only won four games in the last 23 in the Premier League. Jose Mourinho will turn this around. He may not play the type of football that Spurs fans want to see, but he will get results. This guy is a serial winner. We're talking eight league titles in four countries, eight domestic cup competitions, two Champions Leagues, two UEFA Cups or Europa League. It's the same competition. And even that tenure at United, 2016-2017, which saw him sacked, he still managed to win the uh, Europa League with him. So... You know, you can call that a failure. I don't know. I think many clubs and managers would give their right arm to win the Europa League. So Mourinho comes in, serial winner, and they're playing West Ham, who haven't won a game since their 2-0 victory at home against Man United. 
Uh, since then, and that was what? That was uh, six week, six match days, seven match days ago. They're 0-4-2. They haven't won in six games. They're at home. There's lots of pressure for them to get a result. And I think Spurs will answer Mourinho, but I don't see them winning this one. For me, this match is a draw at 3-9 plus 3-19, I think, which is uh, a really, really nice little value. All right, then let's go to the Emirates where Arsenal will face Southampton. As I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, two managers here really in the hot seat. In point of fact, these two managers, if you look at the odds on the sack race right now, are one and two. Unai Emery is five to two to get the sack next, as is Ralph Hasenhutl. He's five to two as well. They're even. It's not like they're one and two. They, I guess they get the uh, uh, the inauspicious ranking of uh, sharing first place in the sack race. Uh, I think the loser of this match will get the sack after this result. Arsenal, we talked about them. They are not convincing this season. Unai Emery has one game plan. He has a plan A. He has no plan B. He, he doesn't have the squad that he needs to really execute plan A. Do I think Arsenal will win this game? I think they probably will. And I think the reason they're going to win this game is because Southampton are just so awfully bad. And I think Ralph, ha- Ralph Hasenhutl will get the sack. So if you want to put a bet down, 5-2, to two, he's going to get the sack after this game. I think it's a fairly good bet. Arsenal are favorites at minus 250. Southampton at plus 600. Those were the opening odds. It's shifted a bit. Arsenal are now minus 199. Southampton plus 548. It's squeezed down a little bit. The draw is plus 364. Arsenal are going to win this game. Mark my words. Uh, next matchup, we have uh, Bournemouth-Southampton. And this is a fairly interesting game for me because Bournemouth were uh, overachieving. And, and, and I'd said this uh, a number of times on this show. They had uh, that nice little three-game spat where they didn't lose in the stretch where they didn't lose. They beat Nor- Drew Norwich nil-nil, uh, nil-nil against Watford. And then, of course, that shocking result where they beat Man United 1-0. But then, you know, they went to St. James's Park and lost 2-1 to Newcastle. I'm not convinced about Bournemouth at all. There's just something about them that just tells me that they are inconsistent and uh, have maybe been um, overachieving a little bit, I guess, would be a way to put it, uh, put it politely. Wolverhampton Wanderers, on the other hand, you know, this is a team... Um, that likes to play. In fact, both these teams like to play pretty expansive football. So this should be a pretty fun game to watch. And Wolves, they've, uh, you know, they had a rocky start. I mean, there's no doubt about that, right? I mean, they they had a really, really rocky start uh, to the season. In point of fact, they were um, looking bloody awful earlier on, which to me was... uh, a bit of a shock. I mean, there was a time uh, back in September where they were, what, uh, in the relegation zone. They were in the relegation zone for two weeks. They had a loss against Chelsea. They were, remember, they were beaten 5-2 at home at Molyneux. Then they had that 1-1 against Crystal Palace. But since that time, and that was somewhere around the end of September, uh, in the last six games, they haven't lost. They're three wins, three draws. 
and and they are really on the ascendancy. I like the way they're playing. Now, I know a lot of the pundits are saying Bournemouth are going to win this one, but for me, this is either a Wolves away win or a draw. And if you look at the odds right now, Bournemouth are plus 162, Wolves are plus 175, the draw plus 230. I say take the draw on this one. All right, Brighton, Leicester. Leicester are the favorites at plus 105. That hasn't changed much. Uh, Leicester are definitely going to win this game. I This Leicester City side, I just... I'm going to say the same thing about Chelsea uh, as I do about Leicester. Both these teams are young squads. Both these teams have young managers. Both these teams, I think, are too young to know when they should lose. Now, I don't think Leicester should lose to Brighton. Leicester sitting very, very strongly in the table, uh, as I mentioned uh, when we started the show. Uh, they are currently uh, overachieving in a massive way. Or oh, I guess you could say that. Uh, in second place. And Brighton are in 11th. Brighton coming off a 3-1 loss at Old Trafford to Manchester United for their last game. Look, I, I think Leicester are going to win this game, so uh, take take me at my word on this one. Uh, Leicester City uh, currently plus 104. You're getting plus money on them, so you should take it. Uh, Liverpool are going to play Crystal Palace. Uh, Liverpool are the minus 222 favorites. Interestingly enough, I might have expected them to be bigger favorites in this match. I think the injuries to Andy Robertson and Mohamed Salah are affecting the odds, but either way, they should uh, they should win this match, uh, I would say, without too much of a problem. Uh, Everton-Norwich, this is at Goodison. Look, if there's ever two teams in need of a win, uh, it's Everton and Norwich. If Everton get a win here, they'll move up to 17 points, which will kind of project them into the middle part of the table. Norwich desperate for any points at all, but... I just don't see it. This isn't going to be a high-scoring game. Neither of these teams are really killing it in terms of goals. But I do think Everton are going to edge Norwich on this one. Uh, So you want to take Everton. They're at home at Goodison Park. No plus money on Everton. You might choose to pass on it if you want to bet. Uh, Watford-Burnley. Watford are bloody awful. Burnley are just slightly better. If that's, you know, if that's an analysis that you're happy with. Um... You know, Burnley are another one of these teams that have really, in many respects, been overachieving. They're up in 10th place in the table. Um, they did just snap a three-game losing streak uh, with a victory. Who did they beat? Uh, West Ham. That's right, 3-0 uh, at home. But they lost before that to Sheffield United, 3-0. They got uh, thumped by Chelsea, 4-2. And then before then, they lost to Leicester, 2-1. And that, that Leicester loss actually snapped a four-game unbeaten streak. Uh, I... Uh, you know, for me, I, I'm just Burnley and another one of these teams. Uh, they're going to beat Watford or not? Well, let me. See. I think that's going to be a draw. Plus two thirty-one is a draw. I'd take the draw on that one. Uh, Burnley Watford take the draw plus two thirty-one, and I think you'd be very happy. Let's go to the Sunday match. I want to leave the big match. We've got a Sunday match. We've got a Monday match, and we have uh, uh, oh about three minutes left to do this. Uh, so let's do the let's do the uh, Sunday match: Sheffield United, Manchester United. Um, I'm not going to give a prediction on this because Manchester United are all over the place. Just when you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's got it sorted, they come up with a crappy result. This team is all over the place, unreliable. Not somebody I would bet on. 
I have no prediction on this game. I would say the odds makers say Man United will win it. They should win this game, and I've said that so many times this season. United should win this game, uh, but then they don't. Um, so no prediction on that one. Monday, we've got Aston Villa, Newcastle. Uh, Villa, you know, they've been deceptive since coming into the Premier League, honestly. Other than a, three, a string of three games they had against Burnley, Norwich, and Brighton, uh, they've been pretty much bad. Uh, they're on a three-game losing streak, although there was against Man City, Wolves, and, of course, Liverpool. And again, only one, you know, only one team has beaten Liverpool in 50 games. So that so the City and Liverpool games may, maybe shouldn't count against them, but they are on a losing streak, and I believe very high, a lot in momentum. Uh, Newcastle, they've turned it around. I think Steve Bruce has them uh, really in, in a good position where they're playing the football he wants. They've got some beliefs. Belief, excuse me. Uh, they're six points clear of the drop. They're 3-1-1 one, one in the last five. I actually like the draw on this one at plus uh, 2.30 right now. It was 2.40. Let's get to the last match. We've got a couple of minutes left. Man City-Chelsea. Look, Chelsea are a spot above Man City in the table, and that's got to be a shock to everyone. They've only lost two games so far. One of them was to Liverpool, and the other, I think, was to United the first game of the season. So I, I really don't think you can read a whole lot into those two losses. They are really on fire this season. They are a total surprise. <clears throat> For me, um, they're a young team. They're rejuvenated. Frank Lampard is able to uh, get these players to identify him, to identify him with him and his style of football, and they are all out to prove something to each other, to the marketplace, and to Lampard. And they, he is getting the results from these guys. City, look, they are coming off that away loss to Liverpool, 3-1. Something about this City team. They're long in the tooth. I think Pep Guardiola's just about at his sell-by date, and I think their eye is on the Champions League prize, and I just think something in the back of my mind tells me that they have written this Premier League season off already. I like a rejuvenated Chelsea squad. I like the upset on this one, folks. Big money on this one right now, plus 534 for Chelsea to go to the Etihad and beat Man City. And if there's an upset this weekend, that's the one you want to look for. That is going to be a cracking game, I have to tell you. I will be watching that very eagerly, and I will have a few dollars riding on it as well. All right. That is our Premier League preview. Hope I didn't go too fast for you. We've had an awful lot to cram in today. Uh, I'll be right back after this to wrap it up on Fifth Street Soccer. All right, well, that's Iggy and the Stooges with no fun. And this weekend will be the opposite. As the Premier League returns, we covered every one of the games going on all the way through Monday. Again, the big clash of the weekend, the one that's going to have everybody's attention, is clearly Chelsea going to the Etihad to face Man City. Massive match. Pep Guardiola against Frank Lampard. Cannot wait for this one. It's going to be a high-paced, fast-paced game. Expect to see a lot of goals in this game. It's going to be an absolutely cracking game. You want to watch it. And, of course, the other big game this weekend, uh, which has really now come around as of the result of the firing of Mauricio Pochettino, is at the London Stadium where Tottenham will play West Ham. It's Pellegrini versus Mourinho. You've got to watch this one. Mourinho's first match in charge. That's always something worthwhile. So tune in. Enjoy the matches. 
and check back with me on Monday, and we'll see how we did with our predictions. Uh, a lot of people ask me where Kartik is, my co-host. Uh, Kartik has been at Soccer X all week. I hope you enjoyed the piece he did for you yesterday, uh, interviewing the uh, guy from Schalke, talking about their youth academy and the Bundesliga in general. By the way, Bundesliga is a great league to watch. And if I might add, it's one league that Jose Mourinho has yet to win. So, so I don't know what that means. I, you know, interestingly enough, there was a lot of expectation that he may go to Bayern Munich. Um, and earlier on in the show, I had mentioned that I thought that Mauricio Pochettino was going to land somewhere fairly soon. Look for the situation with Unai Emery. I mentioned he's currently number one for the sack race, tied with Ralph Hasenhutl. Now, look, Pochettino's not going to go to Southampton. But if Unai Emery gets the sack, and I'm surprised he's still there, their results have been so poor over the season. I'm really surprised he's still there. I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if the unthinkable happened and Mauricio Pochettino, the former Tottenham Hotspur manager, moved to the Emirates to take over the reign at Arsenal. Mark my words, crazier things have happened. And in this world of big money football... I just wonder how much this rivalry really matters when you get to the boardroom level. All right, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'll be back with you Monday. We'll have Kartik back next week. Let's talk Premier League football next week. Let's talk more European football. Hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Enjoy the matches. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.